Hello, Northwest. Hope you're doing fantastic this weekend. It is Palm Sunday, and we're going to jump into uh, Matthew chapter 21, 1 through 11, and take a look at the King Jesus coming into the city to establish and declare his kingship. And um, we'll be looking at that in just a second. I have a question for you. Have you ever been disappointed? Of course you have. I have. We've, we've thought that things would go this way, and they turned out the opposite. Those, those things happen. Uh, disappointment happens. Um, I look at those, the seniors that are in college or the seniors that are in high school and think, hey, my senior year is going to go this way, but it actually didn't go this way. It's gone this way. And um, there's disappointment there. I remember the look of disappointment on my son Jake's face several years ago. Uh, Granddad uh, White had passed away. He was in his early 90s when he passed away. He came to faith in Christ in his early 60s. Um, my father-in-law, Phil Qualls, actually led him to the Lord. And when we found out that Granddad had passed away, we were talking to the kids and we were saying, Granddad is in heaven. Granddad is in heaven. He is with Jesus right now um, because he placed his faith in Jesus. And uh, Papa led him to faith in Christ when, pa when, when Granddad was in his 60s. And we kept saying over and over again on the way up there from uh, Carrie to... Um, carried to Portsmouth, Virginia, we kept saying over and over again that granddad is in heaven and granddad is in heaven. And I explained to them that we'd be going into the funeral home and that we would see granddad in the casket. And I don't want to be morbid here, but just w w wait, wait for this. And so we would tell stories about granddad. We would cry, we would laugh, and we'd have a great time. And we prayed together around uh, as a family at the funeral home. And as we're leaving the funeral home, my four-year-old son, Jake, looked and looked at me with great disappointment. We'd been there for probably an hour and a half. And he looked at me, again, with great disappointment. And is like, Dad, is this heaven? <laughs> so here I'd been telling him the whole time, Granddad's with Granddad is in heaven. Granddad is in heaven. And we walked into this funeral home. And as we're getting ready to leave, Jake's like, is this heaven? The look on his face was utter disappointment. And here's, here's a couple of things that were, that's going on in, in our text today that sort of gets us ready. The Jewish folks were disappointed because they believed that the Messiah was going to come and to give them political freedom from the Romans. But Jesus was coming to usher in, their, uh, usher in his kingdom. And his kingdom involved setting them free from sin and giving them a correct standing before King Jesus. That's what he wanted to do, giving them a right standing before God because of what he was getting ready to do. And so they were disappointed, knowing that what they thought what they needed, they did not need, um, needed. Um, God had something greater in store for them. So grab your Bibles, open them up, and let's uh, look at Matthew chapter 21, uh, looking at 1 through 11, and I'm going to read that for us right now. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them. Bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Verse 6, 
The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was to them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them. And it goes down into verse 5. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, the foal of the beast of the burden. Here is what's taking place right now. There are several messianic prophecies all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament. The book of Isaiah has several. There's Psalm 22 that declares that Jesus is coming. Zechariah was an Old Testament prophet that declared that the Christ, that the king that we're talking about, the king that we serve, the king that we know as King Jesus, would be coming to us. He prophesied that almost 600 years even before it took place. So we see that in Zechariah 9.9, it was prophesied, it was predicted that Jesus, the king, would be coming in and riding on a donkey. That is unbelievable. You look at Isaiah 53, and it's a complete declaration of King Jesus as well. And so when we take a look at all of Scripture, when we take a look at all of just simply the book of Isaiah, there are an enormous amounts of prophecies declaring who Jesus is, when he would come, what he would be doing, and what he would um, accomplish. And so we take a look at number one, and the first thing that we must see this Palm Sunday weekend is that Jesus is a prophesied king. God, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, predicted that Jesus, that the, Jesus would come. And all throughout the um, entire Old Testament, the Psalms, and even into the prophets, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And in verse um, verse. 1 through 11 of chapter 21, we are looking at a bold declaration that the prophesied king who said that he was coming, who said that he was coming, they said he was coming, they said that he was coming, he is arriving and he's establishing his kingdom. And so it's a prophesied king. Jesus is a prophesied king. Second thing I want you to see is he's a humble king. He's a humble king. How is he a humble king? Well, here's the deal. Think of all the people that are surrounding him and looking for uh, this freedom from Roman persecution or bondage to take place. L look at what they're saying. Okay, come on now. Set them straight, Jesus. You've declared to us that you were the Messiah. You have said, if you've, you have, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You have told us over and over and over again that you are the Messiah. He, here's what we want to see. We want to see you just take over and take control. So go on in on the chariot. Go on in on the uh, stallion, the great horse, or the great chariot. And what does Jesus do? Jesus comes in on a donkey. That's what he does. Why does he come in on a donkey? Because he's a humble king. Um, he's riding on a, a donkey to demonstrate his humility that is needed for you and I. I mean, that's right there. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 says we are to esteem others better than, than ourselves. I, I got a question for the guys. 
Hey guys, COVID-19, how are you doing in that area of humility? Are you denying yourself in your home right now? Are you holding back? Are you lifting up? Are you exasperating? Uh, This is what Jesus is demonstrating to all of us right now. His humility demonstrates his divinity. I'll say it again. His humility demonstrates his divinity. He comes in on a donkey. Just think for a minute. Not giving you, not giving an endorsement of this, but there's a little place on Highway 64 called the Little Bar. I've known about that place for a long time. As I was dating Dana, who lived in Apex, I'd come down Highway 64, and there's the little bar. Let's just picture for a moment what folks might say about you if you were to pull up in the little bar on a Harley versus a moped. Do you see the discrepancy right there? Harley, man, that's a man's man. You look at the moped, and you're going, ah, what happened to him? He lost a bet. So here we are right now. Jesus, in his eyes, is doing exactly what is prophesied for him to do. This band of followers are looking around going, "Uh, don't don't you have like a black stallion? Don't you have like a chariot that you can get in and come, come in on? Jesus is demonstrating one of the key concepts for following Jesus. And that is uh, our humility. He's demonstrating that to us. Going to the cross, he demonstrated that to us. Washing the disciples' feet, he demonstrated that to us. Serving communion, uh, he demonstrated that for us. Jesus is a prophesied king, but he's also a humble king. Okay? Uh, Go on, and what kind of king is he? He's also a peaceful king. So, uh, a peaceful king. Anytime you would ride in on a donkey, donkey was uh, um, a... It was a symbol of peace. That as you were coming in on this donkey, you were not only demonstrating your humility, but also you're sending a message, and you're sending a message that you come in peace. You don't come to wage war. You come to um, provide peace. And and that's exactly what Jesus is doing right now. You see, you have two things that are going on. There's the Passover celebration, which took place every year in Jerusalem. And you would go into Jerusalem and you would celebrate the Passover, the, um, the, the freedom of the Jews from Egyptian bondage. And so the Romans had taken over and were in control of this area. They had taken over the king of Jerusalem 80 years earlier. And so this is around 30 AD. And so you have the Passover celebration, which is a festival that would take place every year. And during this particular Passover, at this particular time, you really have two people that are coming into the city at this time. You have Jesus that's coming in on a donkey, and you have Pontius Pilate, who is the governor and leader of Rome, and he's coming in with his absolute army, dressed in the best um, uh, the best things that you can have as a soldier, the best horses, the chariots, the greatest... Um, uh, swords, the greatest arrows, whatever you need to fight in the battle. Then you have Pontius Pilate who's coming into Jerusalem at this time, and you have basically Jesus coming in on a donkey at this time. And is what is he doing? Well, he's demonstrating. He's demonstrating that he brings peace, not that the world brings, but a peace that cannot be described. It's a peace that only he gives. Number one, it's peace with the Father. You see, we are separated from the Father, and there's nothing we can do about that. 
And what Jesus is doing is he's going to establish that peace that we can have with God the Father. And so who, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? He, he's a prophesied king. He's a humble king. He's a peaceful king. And, and then the last thing I really want us to see is that he is a saving king. Um, I want you to take a look at verse 5. Verse 5 says this, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, here it is, your king is coming to you. Your king is coming to you. Look down at verse 9. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And here it is right now. Jesus is coming in. He's coming in on a donkey. He's coming in because he's prophesied that he's coming in. He's coming in humble, in humility, and he's coming in in peace because that's what he, that's what he provides. And then he comes in and he's making a declaration that I am the one that will save you from your sins. That's who I am. The word Hosanna is basically saying, I beg you to save us. Please deliver us. That's what Hosanna means. People are looking at him and begging Jesus to save them. That's what they're declaring. Waving palm branches, laying their cloaks on the ground as he's coming in on this donkey. He, he's coming in to the celebration of this particular Passover and he's making a declaration. And the declaration that he's making is that I've come to give you the answer that you have, you have been looking for your entire life. You, you, you might be looking in a different way, a political answer, that's what you're looking for. And that's not the answer. The answer is plain and simple, uh, him and his deliverance of our sin. Uh, Hosanna, I beg you to save. Please deliver us. Jesus came into this Passover as the one and only lamb that was slain without spot or blemish. And you and I know this. There is no one like him. That's why we have hope. That's why we can have peace. And that's why we can live in humility because he demonstrated that for us. Here's, here's the key, key that we have to ask as we go into Easter and we recognize, hey, Jesus, the triumphal entry, he's coming into the city, he's riding on a donkey, there's palm branches, there's cloaks, there's, um, there's, there's shouting of Hosanna. You've heard this maybe a lot in your life. You've heard it before, uh, you'll hear it again. It, it does not get old. It's something that we continue to speak to ourselves each and every day. Um, and, and, and so, who is King Jesus? That was the question. You know how they answered it? They answered it that he was a prophet. That's the wrong answer. The answer of who he is is that he's a saving king. And so I would encourage you to say, thank you, Hosanna. Thank you for saving me if he's done that for you. I would encourage you not to sit there and recognize him as the prophesied king or the humble king or the peaceful king or the saving king. What I would do is I would encourage you to recognize him as your king. You're on this world for a reason. And that reason is wrapped up in all of him. And so I would encourage you to say yes to him that he is your king. A great way for us to celebrate that um, is to 
uh, join um, our families together in, in our homes and just remember all that Christ did for us. And so I want to encourage you uh, to use some of the resources that we've provided you to set aside with your family and um, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and just read about the, the Last Supper um, where Jesus took bread and he said, this is my body and it's given for you and I want you to remember all that I have done for you. And then he took this cup of wine um, you can use juice and he took this and he says hey this this new this juice right here this is a symbol of the new covenant you don't need animals to be sacrificed for the forgiveness of your sins i want you to know that i am that sacrifice i am the lamb that was that was slain without spot or blemish the veil has been torn from top to bottom you don't need to sacrifice an animal anymore what you have is I've declared that sin is defeated. Satan is defeated. Death is defeated. And, and so I want to encourage you to, um, to minister with your family, to, to gather with your family, and to remember his body was given for us. And this, this, his blood was shed for us. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so we stand and we celebrate and we remember that yes, he's a prophesied king and yes, he's a humble king. Yes, he's a peaceful king and, and, and praise God, he's a saving king. And he's a saving king. And as we come to the communion table, what you, what you are declaring is you are declaring that he's my king. He's my king. And I pray that today, if he's not your king, that you would repent of your sin, place your faith in Jesus and declare Jesus as your king. You will not be disappointed. I love you, Northwest. Can't wait to see you when we get back together soon.